And to Jesus be the glory, the honor, and the praise. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Beautiful week this week. Beautiful Monday, beautiful week. And the Lord is so good. You know, I woke up today singing, so forget about yourself and concentrate on him and worship him. So today I want you to do the same. So forget about yourself and concentrate on him and worship him. Jesus is his name. Hallelujah. Today, I want to minister on the millennium. And why the millennium? Like, why is there going to be a thousand-year reign where the Lord will reign from Jerusalem upon the earth? It's all in the Bible. So, Lord, today, be our teacher. Blessed, blessed Holy Spirit. Magnify your name, wonderful Jesus. Amen and amen. All right, let's go to Psalm 110 to answer that question of why the millennium. <coughs> so, Psalm 110, verse 1, and then we're going to look at Psalm, uh, at 1 Corinthians, I should say, 15, that will give us more information. So, it says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. So the millennium reign of Christ, the last age before the eternal perfect state, will be the time when God again will rule upon the earth to bring all rebellion under submission. So it says in the word of God, the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. So the reason for the millennium is to bring all enemies under his domain. Hallelujah. All rebellion literally to be eliminated. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians, and we're going to talk more about that because there's so much about the millennium people don't really fully understand, and I think it's good to kind of give you clarity on it because it's all in the word of God. So, 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 28, and by the way, thank you again for being with me. I forgot to say that, but I really love it. I just love being with you. All right, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 24 through 28. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God. Even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and authority and power. So the millennium is the time when the Lord will put down all rule, that's not of him, all authority and all power. For he must reign, verse 25, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. So he will reign in the millennium till all enemies are put under his feet. We just read that from Psalm 110, verse 1. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. That's verse 20, 26. 27 says, For he hath put all things under his feet. That is, God the Father has put all things under the feet of his Son, Jesus, but when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him, 
and when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him, that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. So the millennium reign of Jesus will be the time when the Lord will set up his divine government on earth to rule for a thousand years till all rebellion is conquered. And frankly, it all begins in Revelation 20. When, and let's go to it quickly. In Revelation chapter 20, we have something very amazing here. Where it talks about how Satan, the devil, will be put in a pit for a thousand years. It says, I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He did hold on the dragon, the devil, bound him a thousand years, cast him into a bottomless pit, shut him up and set a seal on him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he will be loosed a little season. So now, so when the Lord returns to earth, nations will continue to exist. People will still be here, uh, even though they had not been saved or accepted the Lord. Nations will continue to exist after the coming of the Lord. So we, the church, will come with him to rule over the nations. Now think about a time of universal peace, prosperity, no disease, no poverty, no wars. The Lord will bring peace to earth for a thousand years, yet in their hearts they will still be rebels. And that's why for a thousand years he will reign to put all rebellion underneath his feet and to remove it. Now, you know, God is really a very amazing Lord, frankly, because, you know, uh, the Lord is just. No one is going to go to the lake of fire till God proves his justice, his justice to the nations, to the world. So they're going to live under incredible peace, prosperity, health, no war, and so on. Yet God will prove to humanity that in their hearts of hearts, they are rebels. So, but, but let's, let's look at the amazing conditions that will exist. Because see now, you know, people blame the devil. Well, there will be no devil then to blame, you know. So the Lord will show them in their hearts they are wicked. Now, these are the nations that continue to exist, continue to grow, continue to multiply, live under incredible blessings. So Isaiah 32, 15 says, until the spirit be poured upon us from on high and the wilderness be a fruitful field and the fruitful field be counted for a forest, then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness, righteousness remain in the fruitful field and the work of righteousness shall be peace 
and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. And then it says in verse 18, and my people, that is the church and Israel, shall dwell in a peaceable habitation, in sure dwellings, in quiet resting places, but men in their hearts will still be rebellious against God. So the nations will continue to thrive, to grow old and so forth, living under these amazing conditions, but God will bring such incredible blessings that the Bible says there will be no deserts. It'll be all fruitful because it says the spirit will be poured upon from on high and the wilderness or deserts will be a fruitful field and the fruitful fields will look like a forest. Imagine the whole planet will be like the Garden of Eden. The whole globe, a place of perfection and beauty. And then it says that uh, justice will be in the wilderness, no crime whatsoever. Righteousness in the fruitful field, the part of sin will not be at work. So people cannot blame their weaknesses or Satan or demons or the conditions around them. It says that the work of righteousness, meaning God's righteousness, will be peace. There'll be quietness, assurance forever. Think about this. Not one person sick. No doctors. No hospitals. No dentists. <laughs> no lawyers. No lawsuits. Peace. Amazing conditions that we have not seen in thousands of years. So here it is, like Adam in the garden, absolute beauty and perfection, if their hearts will not be right before God. That's why it says in Psalm 110, verse 1, that God will must put all rebellion under his feet. It's, uh, and we just read it in 1 Corinthians 15. Why will the Lord reign? To bring all rebels, to destroy all rebellion under his feet. That God will be all in all, till all enemies are put under his feet. So when the Lord returns, there will be enemies. But imagine that the conditions around them will be perfection. And God will prove to humanity that in their hearts they don't want him. You know, you think about when the Lord rose from the dead, nobody saw the Lord rise from the dead. The apostles were not there. They saw him after he rose from the dead. They saw him ascend to heaven. And yet they believed, even though they did not see him rise from the dead, they followed him and served him, and most of them died for him as martyrs. So they lived by faith. Even when the Lord uh, came to them in the upper room, and Thomas had not been there, he himself didn't believe, and then later he did, but his heart was right. He said, my Lord and my God, when he saw him. Yet the world is gonna see two men Re, uh, uh, risen from the dead, 
the whole world will, will see two men rise from the dead and ascend to heaven, and yet they will not accept God. Remember, it's in the book of Revelation, when Elijah and Enoch, I believe it's Enoch, not Moses, because Moses already died once. But maybe it is Moses, I could be wrong. But think about that. The two men that God will send, like Elijah, Moses, or Enoch, which I believe it is Enoch, will rise from the dead before the whole world. They're going to all see them. Every eye will see two men rise from, from the dead and rise and ascend to heaven. And yet they will not repent. They will still blaspheme God, even though they will see these two men rise. An amazing miracle. So in their hearts, humanity in their hearts, think about Adam, you know, perfect conditions, perfect surroundings. Yet he rebelled. He sinned. So here God is going to show humanity what their heart is like. And Jeremiah said that the heart is wicked, desperately wicked. Meaning a heart without God, a heart without Jesus, is a wicked heart. And that's why God says in the, in the prophets, I will give them a new heart. I will cause them to know me. I will cause them to love me. Meaning his church, you and I. So incredible peace and incredible knowledge. In Habakkuk 2, I'm going to just, you know, I'm showing you here the conditions that will exist during the millennium and the amazing beauty. It says, for the earth shall be filled, I'm reading verse 14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Imagine such knowledge. God revealing his glory to all humanity, and yet they will still reject it. Incredible harmony. Isaiah chapter 2 talks about the blessed beauty and harmony on earth. So it says it shall come to pass in verse 2, Isaiah 2, in the last days that the mountain of the, of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations will, will flow to it and many people shall go and say come ye let us go to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob he will teach us his ways we will walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem and the Lord will judge among the nations he will rebuke many people they shall beat their swords into plowshares their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. Incredible harmony. Incredible peace. But later when Satan is loose to deceive them, they will turn against God again. So the devil will be thrown in a pit, Revelation 20, for a thousand years, and then will be loose to deceive the nations again. So after all the beauty they had seen for a thousand years, all the peace, the perfection, the healing and the health, the abundance, no poverty, not one poor person on the globe, not one sick person on the globe, no war anywhere. Animals in those days will actually be uh, they will not devour each other as they do today. The lion and the lamb will lay together and so forth. Yet men 
seeing all this beauty and perfection, when the devil is loosed, they will follow the devil. That, that, that's, that's a shock. But it should not be a shock when you, when you read the Bible and know what, what God says about the human heart. In Isaiah 4, it talks about the glory of God being literally upon the whole earth. In that day, I'm reading Isaiah 4, verse 2, in that day, shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious. The fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely. That word comely means appealing for them that are escaped of Israel. It shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion, he that is that remains in Jerusalem, shall be called holy. So the only people who are holy will be the church, even everyone that is written among the living in Jerusalem. Wow, such a blessed time of righteousness. And then verse 5 and 6, it says, how the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion a cloud of smoke by day, fire by night, which the whole world will see. And then it says how the Lord will create a, a shadow in the daytime from the heat, a place of refuge, yet men will not change. So why the millennium? To prove to men who he really is, who man really is, what his heart is really like. So these amazing conditions of glory, of incredible holiness, I mean, think about no sin on earth, no, no devils to blame, you know, for things people do. No crimes whatsoever. I mean, listen here to Zechariah 14, 16. It shall come to pass, everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts. So they, they, they will still go and worship in Jerusalem, but their hearts will not be right before God. And it shall be uh, who will not come up of all the families of the earth to worship, that there'll be no rain on them. And when you read that amazing portion, uh, such beauty and holiness, it says in verse 20, in that day shall there be upon the bells of the horses holiness unto the Lord. Wow. It says in verse 21, every part in Jerusalem in Judah will be holiness unto the Lord. Beauty and holiness. So sin, the power of sin will not be working on the planet. Yet the hearts of humanity will be looking for it. Isn't that amazing? It's all here in the Bible. Think about a time of such amazing healing no need for medicine. And I'm talking about among the unbelievers. You have to remember something. I just said it earlier. These conditions will exist for the world who will continue to live, exist, and grow. Nations will continue to be. The church will rule over the nations. And God will bring such beauty it says in verse uh, in Isaiah 35 and verse 5 how the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the, of the deaf will be also opened, the lame will leap like a heart, the tongue of the dumb will sing, 
In the wilderness, there'll be waters and streams in the desert. The parched grounds will be like a pool. Wow. Yet, it's not going to change the hearts of men. Think about Israel that saw the glory of God in Egypt, that saw the glory of God in the Sinai, that heard his voice give them the Ten Commandments. They saw the fire by night and the cloud by day. Did that change them? Not one of them. Why? Because only the Holy Spirit can change the hearts of men. But man has got to open his heart to the Lord for the Lord to change their heart. So even with perfect conditions, they will keep their hearts closed to the things of God. They will be rebels within. Incredible deliverance. Verse 6 and 7. It says there that uh, there'll be no demonic power. It says on the parched ground, of, I'm reading verse 7, Isaiah 35. And the parched ground shall be poor, a pool of water. The thirsty land, springs of water, in the habitation of dragons will be grass with reeds and rushes. The, the demonic will be removed. Imagine no mental disease, no mental illness. Nobody even suffering from depression, any oppression whatsoever. No demonic possession. Think about what I'm telling you. So today, you know, the world, you see the, a lot of demonic activity. There will be no demonic activity for a thousand years. So man will be like, like Adam in the Garden of Eden. No demons, no devil, no sickness, no disease, no nothing that he can blame. Yet, when the enemy came to tempt Eve, she listened to him. She did what he said. Humanity will again do the same thing. Because it's the heart that matters. God is looking to change the hearts. That's why you and I need to surrender, surrender to him continually, our hearts. Because we cannot trust our hearts. I, I cannot trust my own heart. Because the, the, the heart is wicked. But God promises a, a new heart by the Spirit. And let me tell you something, that's a process. I don't believe for one minute that our hearts are renewed like in a second, you know? Because from glory to glory, we are changed into the image of the Lord. So the change is a process of change. It's a continual change because it's a continual salvation. So we are told to put off the old man, to put on the new man, which is a process. We progressively grow in the faith. So someone who was saved 20 years ago, if they're not doing what God has told us all to do, he will not change, he will stay the same. That's why people confess the same old sins they've been confessing for years and years. There's no change in their hearts. We saw the change in the life of Paul the Apostle. He went to Arabia 14 years before he came back to Jerusalem where they saw the change. In Galatians, he talks about how after the Lord saved him, 
on the road to Damascus, he did not look for flesh and blood to help him. He went to Arabia 14 long years. Then he goes to Jerusalem where the change now can be seen in him. So when people think, well, I've changed, no, I'm changing. My spirit was saved when I received Jesus. My soul is being saved continually, daily. My body will be saved on resurrection morning. So salvation is a continual process. So think about what I'm saying to you. Now God Almighty will give humanity the chance to repent when they see the beauty, the glory, the perfection of his creation. Imagine animals will talk to each other, just like, you know, Balaam's donkey talked, because there, there was the ability in them to talk. Eve did not freak out and run, run away from the serpent when the serpent began talking to her and said, did God say? Imagine a snake talking, because Eve was accustomed, most likely, to animals talking. Because why would she stay there and listen? <laughs> if a snake began talking to you or an animal began talking to you, you'd run as fast as you could. But we, we don't have a, a whole lot about that part of the Bible in Genesis, except that the serpent talked. Did God say? They were having a conversation. The day will come again, according to the book of Romans, that creation will be liberated from the bondage creation is in, including animals. So animals will not devour each other. Animals will not eat meat. Lions and, you know, animals that today devour each other will no longer do that. They will be eating plants and playing with infants and children, including snakes and spiders and all the rest of it. So beautiful conditions. Yet men will not repent. Even in incredible, you know, what do people look for today most? Money. Think about a time of such prosperity that is, is like beyond anything humanity has seen in history, in history. When the Bible talks about prosperity, it says they will build houses and inhabit them. They will plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They will not build and another will inhabit. They'll not plant, another will, will eat. And people will in, long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, it says in verse 23. They'll not bring forth for trouble. So here is a song about God's people, but also the world, because this will be all over the earth. The knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. But that doesn't mean change. And they will live long lives. Think about today, people seeking living, you know, a long life. Nobody's going to have to seek for it. Because it says here very, very clearly in Isaiah 65, verse 20, how people will live to be very old. And this is the natural people I'm talking about. For the child shall die a hundred years old. The sinner being a hundred years old will be accursed. So even though they are going to be 
living, you know, in rebellion, they're going to live to be 100 years old and more. So no, nobody's going to be looking for, you know, how to extend their life. God will do it for them. I'm going to continue to teach on this tomorrow because there's so much more I want to show you in the Bible about the conditions of the globe for a thousand years and much more that, you know, maybe you, you have not thought, thought about it. It's like, what is your life going to be like for a thousand years with your new body I'm talking about? Because you will not have the same body when you come back that you have now. What will you do for a thousand years on the earth? Lord, thank you for your word. Let's just believe God. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I pray you'll give us all a deep understanding of what your word declares about the millennium. Bless your people, Lord, today in a blessed way. In Jesus' name, Lord, prepare us for your coming and prepare us for that day when we shall reign with you upon the earth. We give you all the praise. And God's people said, Amen. Remember, God is training you right now, training you for authority and leadership in that day. All right, we'll continue tomorrow. But now it's time to give to the Lord's work. And I hope you really are enjoying this because this is a a different teaching. Yet I think it's important to understand what really is the millennium about and why is it going to happen. So we'll continue tomorrow. But now it's time to give to the Lord's work. And giving is important because giving secures our tomorrow here in this age, in this season, when things are going to get really, really bad in the world, our finances will be still blessed by God. Because it says in the Bible very clearly, God will take care of his own. Think about Elijah. When famine came, God took care of him. Think about Israel in the wilderness, how God took care of them and their animals for 40 years. Not, not one person lacked among them. Even their clothing stayed new and their shoes stayed new, and their feet did not swell in the desert, God will take care of you also. A faithful man will abound with blessings. Abound means overflow with blessings. But we have to prove ourselves faithful by obeying what God tells us to do in the Word. Jesus said, give, then it shall be given unto you. If you don't give, you don't receive. If you don't sow, you don't reap. So if you want to see security financially in the future, you have to sow seed. You have to say, Lord, I trust you. Because every time we sow, we're saying, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I put you ahead of my own needs in my life. I seek first the kingdom. First the kingdom. Then all these things will come and be added. So Lord, bless them as they give in Jesus' mighty name. Multiply the seed they sow for your glory. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. All right. I'll see you tomorrow for another powerful teaching. And please share this with your friends and tell them I'm teaching on the millennium reign of Christ.